Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get our lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash presale to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games, exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6. No refunds. Passers wide open. Gets the puck. Tours! That's the only reason I do these podcasts is so I can hear all those amazing things about myself. So thanks for having me, and uh, now I'm signing off. I am uh, honored, thrilled. This is uh, one of the greatest achievements of my life. I literally, I, I, I showered and I combed my hair for you. <laughs> well, we appreciate that. everybody welcome back to the pp1 podcast based on the canucks famed first power play unit that may or may not be important next year we'll find out if there is a hockey season um we got a very special guest he is joining us from the comfort of his own home in the okanagan here as we are um former canuck part of the famed run to the 2011 stanley cup which almost ended the way we wanted it to um but didn't, and that's okay. But we're all Canucks fans, so we kind of, it's all right. We'll be all right. Um, Aaron Volpatti, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. I, th- I thought you were going to segue that first power play unit into my name, but I guess you missed that. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't remember you being on the power play. No, I don't think <laughs> I saw a second, not even by accident. Yeah, <laughs> not even like a, an accidental... Uh, four on four flip to pk or something like that maybe i don't even know if there was like a five goal lead courtesy opportunity there i don't know that i remember oh well like get the top six yeah. guys off the power play and uh, yeah yeah that, that never <laughs> happened uh it probably did happen at one point i just obviously didn't make much use of it if, if it did happen so <laughs> did uh did you spend much time on the power play uh, in in Vernon when you were playing for the Vipers? Yeah. I mean, my career was, like, at every level was fairly consistent, in, you know, in terms of I'd sort of grind out a spot the first year or two and then establish myself and kind of add the, the offensive game to that. And then, so, yeah, I played a bit of power play, you know, my last year there in Vernon and... Uh, you know, towards the last couple years of my college career, and then um, a little bit in the minors, but then it never. I uh, defined my role pretty well after that, and that didn't include power play. So <laughs> <laughs> that was, uh, I mean, that's kind of the route that most guys do when they they go to BCHL, right? That's kind of the the intent is that you're going to play for a scholarship <laughs> after that, right? 
Yeah, for the most part, I think you're seeing that <clears throat> change a little bit where college, I don't know what the stat is, but when I, you know, was just going to college, <clears throat> the amount of NCAA, NCAA players in the NHL was pretty small. I think it was less than 10%. Now I think that number is, you know, up around 40 plus, um, maybe not that high, 30 something percent come from the NCAA. So you're seeing more players go that route but i would still agree that yeah um generally you're going to get an education but you're seeing guys have shorter stints there for like two years right mm -hmm. um with the plan to go turn pro even if they're drafted i i mean i think you see the higher draft picks obviously go the major junior route just because it's uh you know it's a pro lifestyle more so and um yeah you just get that those extra minutes and all that extra playing time. So, and playing in the NCAA, that was a big deal for you in your development. How did that play out um, throughout the course of your college career, and how did you manage to parlay that into an NHL contract? I yeah, like where do I start? That's uh, it's funny how it works out for me. It it worked out better to go there. I went there as a 21 year old with no intention of playing pro at that point. I was never on the radar, and then. Um, you know, I started getting a little bit of attention my junior year and then just kind of flipped that mind switch that, you know, I had some previous adversity in junior that I dealt with, with being burnt and stuff that really, you know, helped me through that and, you know, allowed me to frame that adversity a little bit differently. And so I kind of reverted to that and said, yeah, okay, like, holy, I can, I don't know if you guys swear on here, but holy shit, holy shit. It's I a could, hockey podcast. Like Aaron. a little kid. <laughs> A kid from Revelstoke, like, you're telling me I have a chance to play in the NHL. I said, holy shit, okay. And then I just put my head down and went to work. And um, and then it's not really an accident my last year of college that it's funny when you put in so much work that, you know, you see that much success. So it was pretty cool to, from the year before, you know, my junior year, not even really being on the radar to my senior year being, you know, in the top five or top three players in the NCAA and, kind of having my pick at teams was yeah. was pretty surreal so it was, it was cool yeah because that, that was a big year from you obviously you went you were almost a point per game player the, the penalty minutes jumped up double i mean you were you were really a force skating around in that final year what kind of interest were you garnering in, in that final season um I, the, the canucks were actually one of the first teams to sort of approach me and my advisor i guess you call them then um and then, yeah, there was about there was about ten teams that were serious, serious offers. Um, so that, like I said, it was it was pretty cool to, like I said, where I was the year before to that point, and essentially having my pick out of these ten teams was was pretty cool. So obviously, going to the Canucks, you know, being raised in Revelstoke, and if they're coming at you and you get you get to pick, I mean, especially yeah. around that point too, right? I mean that. That was the Canucks well, team that was it was up and coming at that point. I mean, really, what the factors you're weighing at that point are, I mean, money because I had no money coming out of college, so money <laughs> talked a little works. bit. Yeah, and then opportunity and location, not really, just because, like I said, I never thought I'd play in the NHL, so I would have signed wherever. Um, but you know, the money was better there, and just being from my home province i was just like that's it was kind of a no-brainer honestly so it was cool to have those other offers but um 
it was, I guess you could say, fairly easy to, you to go to Vancouver. Were, you knew where you are going right off the bat, eh? No, not right off the bat. Like I said, if I mean, I was old enough where I had no restrictions on my contract. So if if someone would have offered me a one-way deal, I would have take, oh, okay. taken that over that because I didn't get that. But, um, you know, it was a solid two ways. That was, you know, much more so than the other teams. So like I said, you got to weigh, weigh a little bit into that. But at the same time, I... You know, I didn't know, was I going to have a two-year career, a five-year career? So mm -hmm. got to try and make some money while you can. And so that's a little bit part of it when you're coming out of college. So, Ready? All right. So you got you got a chance to play with some big names in Vancouver, obviously. You're around the, the Sedin twins. Um, I'd love to know what that was like, but I'd also know, like to know what it was like to, to be in the same locker room as a guy like Alex Ovechkin. Yeah, well, I was fortunate to play with such amazing, amazing guys and some of the biggest names around. Right. Um, the Sedins were just, they were honestly unbelievable just how they carried themselves every day and the work they put in, you really opened your eyes and to what, you know, a professional hockey player, what you think it should look like. It's that, but not, you wouldn't think to that extent, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and just they have a presence. They're quiet, but they have a presence about themselves, right? Of one of humbleness and um, just confidence, and so it's a little bit of everything. And like I said, they're just the consummate pros. Um, in Washington with Ovechkin, he was a little bit different. He's more of a, I guess you'd call him a character. I mean, all the Russians are a little bit weird. So, um, <laughs> but uh, you know, he he kind of leads the team more by example um, with the way he plays. And you saw that for him, he just had a little bit more of a learning curve that took some time, right. Of, you know, adding those other elements to his game because when they won the cut there, he was on a tear. I don't, he, no one could stop him. And he added that element to his game. And it was pretty cool to see those guys win and to see his emotion when he lifted the cup, I felt pretty, really good for him. So very different in terms of the two locker rooms, but, um, both awesome experiences. So, would you say Loango is probably that guy on the Canucks? Then, if you're going to compare him to Ovechkin as the guy that threw that emotion, that same kind of. <laughs> I'm just Lou, nah. No, Lou is more of like the quiet, quirky type of guy. He would just mix in a couple good one-liners and then sort of vanish. <laughs> but uh, no, he's funny too. Um, he's a funny personality for sure. Speaking of personalities, so um, Corey Schneider. Um, who you got to play with on a few di different teams. You were with, uh, it was in Chicago, right? Or was it in Manitoba at that point? No, he, was he there? I don't think he was there in Manitoba. What year was he in Manitoba? Uh, now you're making me think. Now I'm going to feel like an idiot. He was, uh, yeah, well, he I just, was there. I just called you out. Yeah, I did. <laughs> exactly. Come on, do you not know? No, I, um, I don't think he was the goalie there when I was in Manitoba. Was he might have been mate when I was on my um ato oh, like signing okay. right out of college he might have been there i don't think he was though so but you but, guys were in vancouver anyway i i'm bang on there vancouver <laughs> yeah you got that one oh, yeah. you got that say, one right i think it does say cory schneider was there it probably wasn't the main guy was though he? well yeah 57 games that oh seems you're like a lot thinking of, of um and darren no. manchesney never mind was he there yeah maybe he got called up when i was there so oh, okay i don't know 
So like he's Anyways. good at he's good at impressions. The Yannick Hansen one, I'm sure you've seen like probably oh, like yeah, a million yeah. times. I forgot about his impressions. Yeah. Did he have? Was there <laughs> one that maybe we haven't seen? Like, did he have one of you or no? No, I don't know. What what would that look like? I, I don't, don't know. know. Like, I, <laughs> I get. I guess you don't really have like the the, you, the goofy it, accent like Yannick does. No, I think it's more the Europeans that you can kind of have a time with uh, with the impressions. Um, I can't say I had one, but. I actually forgot about that. So you mentioned it. I can't remember who else he would have had one for. There were some like celebr other famous celebrities he had pretty dialed in. Oh. I'm not going to remember any off the top of my head, but that's okay. It's all right. I don't think we're going to get Corey on our show anytime soon. So I think uh, it's safe that uh, it's, he's he's not going to be too mad at us. So. Yeah, I think no, he's he won't to go kick. Rocks. He won't join yeah. you. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, if you if you got it if you got his ear, then by all means, I'd love to. He's got the slick back hair now, and he's doing NBC. I think. And how how oh, different it? was it? Uh, was it riding the bus in in the AHL versus you know the college life? And I mean. Was it crazy times back then, or, or was it was it super professional? I mean, I have no idea what the vibe was like for, for players in the AHL. Well, so I was lucky to be in Manitoba, where, you know, it's almost somewhere in the middle of an AHL and an NHL team just because of the location. We flew everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I did, like, go to Hershey for a couple weeks, and I rode the bus there. Like, the East Coast is a lot different than the West Coast. I think there's a lot more teams in California now, so they probably do a little bit more travel by bus. But, um, yeah, we flew pretty much everywhere. So I didn't really – I was pretty spoiled, honestly. Like, the places I played in, Manitoba and then Washington and Vancouver, it's (laughs) – you you know, it's a lot better than some guys have it, for sure. You did okay for Um, but like you said, you trade that off. They're both really good teams, so opportunities a little bit more uh, less limited, um, or sorry, more limited. So there's always trade offs. But well, everybody remembers their first, and your first goal came with the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, can you walk me through it and what it felt like to score your first goal in the National Hockey League? Yeah, I, I scored in my second game, so I figured, hey, this isn't uh, this isn't that bad. I it's funny when you get called up and. You know, I think most guys will tell you they're pretty nervous. I was, I was really nervous. Like in warm up, I don't even think I touched the puck. I just said, "Screw it!" I'm like, I can't even handle this thing. I was just so nervous. And then, you know, you settle in. And then, the first game, you kind of just, you know, you play your few shifts. But then the second game, I actually played awesome. And you know, it. A lot of guys will tell you it's a little bit easier even playing in the NHL because guys are in better spots. Um, you know, you get the puck on your stick. There's your guy right there. Um, so, yeah, I felt really good, actually, my second game. My confidence was high. Anyway, so with the goal, I remember, I think it was, I was playing with Glass and Bald Duke. It's a great and line. I think All it stars. was Glasser made a huge hit in the corner. I can't remember who on. And like any good coach will tell you, I just went to the net. <laughs> and I got the puck. And I, I mean, I, I scored five hole. I wasn't even thinking. I just got it. And l- actually, luckily, I stopped it because I think if I would have one-timed it, um, Halak probably would have saved it because I didn't get it up. So I caught it, and then he slid over, and he was wide open, and I put it in. And yeah, it was a pretty, obviously, a really s- special feeling, and um, pretty surreal for sure. When that was being, that was your first goal. Was it the best goal of your career, or was there another one in mind that you know is better than that one to you? No, I don't think that one's pretty tough to beat. There's a couple college ones that are 
I wouldn't even say close really, but that are in my head for memory wise. But yeah, that one's that one's definitely gotta be the best. You know, like Mike Leg goal in college or something that we don't know about. Some what? Like the, <laughs> the, the lacrosse, the Michigan goal. Oh, yeah, that wasn't really in my bag, the lacrosse goal. No. <laughs> not, probably not for a lack of trying. Like it just, just didn't work. I out. was just I was just pounding one timers. There you go. That's about all you could do. <laughs> they count the same. Yeah, exactly. They count the same. Your uh <laughs> your your goal, I mean, hey, everybody remembers their first, but uh you know, you got in a few tilts over the course of your, your hockey career. Um one I've totally forgot about until today um was against uh, some guy named Brad Winchester. Oh yeah. Um heard of him? Yeah. <laughs> well, the the fight didn't last long enough for us to remember. So um that was yeah. uh you know, in Vancouver, you know, as a Canucks fan, we've seen a few of these, but uh what's it feel like to like one punch a guy in the NHL? Oh, that's a loaded question. Um <laughs> it definitely feels better doing it than receiving it. No Luckily kidding. I didn't I don't think I ever got knocked out. Um definitely got hit hard enough to you know, set the reset button a little bit and go down. But um, yeah. for me, the the good feeling about that was that was an exhibition game, and that was that was the 2011-12 season, I believe, and we had just lost to Boston. And the consensus was that we got, you know, pushed around and yeah. out muscle, and we need a little more sandpaper, right? So there was a big opportunity that next year to make the team, and then. But there was a lot of competition. They brought guys like uh, Todd Fedorik and Owen Nolan. Oh, yeah. um, oh, that's right. I forgot about like, that. There was like Victor Reskovic. Or Reskovic. I can't remember how he said his last name. Um, I sold a few of that guy's jersey. I think he sold a few years at that point. Yeah. he's. Uh, I was close with him in the minors. Uh, great guy. But anyways, Mike Duco. Like there was, oh, I think yeah. there was eight or, nine, eight or nine guys trying out for one spot on the fourth line. So I said holy shit like i thought this isn't going to be a shoe and i you know and in training camp when you're in that role you're fighting every game so you know and you play every game so everyone thinks like training camp is a it's definitely it's more of a grind than the regular season for us fourth line guys because we play every game because we're trying out basically and then you know you're fighting every almost every game sometimes twice a game so i don't know what game in the preseason that was but you know, I had I've had I had a strong camp, and then that game, about I think a period before that fight, I hit uh, I think I hit Demers. He was kind of coming across the net, and I I planted one on him, and he got knocked out of the game. Mm-hmm. And then Winchester, you know, asked me to fight, and then I one punched him. And <laughs> good game. I, I'm like I'm like I had to have made the team. Yeah, had to have made the team. And I remember getting on the bus and. Uh, the coaches were just kind of like i just with the look on their face i'm like fucking right so i made the team like, <laughs> <laughs> so i mean you hate to see guys get hurt obviously but you know that's, they're agreeing to that's it too, how you though. make it like yeah. that's how i got called up i was in abbotsford and i used to call it call it the double homicide because i had a few of them in the minors where i'd hit a guy and then the guy a guy would jump me and i'd knock him out and then there'd be two guys laying on the ice um, so why the one kid got hurt pretty bad so i mean like you never want to see it ugly where they're knocked out right but i think um, we just found our episode title the double homicide double homicide the double. <laughs> well, you're not an animal for me uh, for me it was like yes. those huge 
thunderous hits that I remember specifically. I mean, every, the fights were for the fights. They were always great to watch, but it was those massive hits, and you seem to have a a real spot for getting guys when they either weren't ready for it or you would just show up more sturdy than people thought. Um, yeah. How did you make that such a, an important part of your game? I had that from such a young age. I don't know. I don't know if it was my dad boxing with me or something like stand in there. Um, I don't know. I just, I always had that at a young age and I always just loved hitting and I was tiny as a kid. So I, I think I broke both my collarbones twice each. Like I was always, because I was trying to hit guys. I was the smallest kid in Revelstoke growing up. So I would be trying to hit guys and, they're like, how is this kid standing up? And because I didn't weigh anything, and so I'd break all my bones. And I don't know. I like I believe that it's a lot in your head too. Where, you know, if I'm, you see, most guys will let up right mm-hmm. when they go into hit. But if you go through that person, and you just know in your head, like uh, if it's you versus me, like I'm going through you. And so I think it's more of a mindset a little bit too. I mean, yeah, you gotta be strong and whatever and a lot of it's timing. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I just always kind of had that. And, and to your point, I was always a hitter first. The fighting happens more as a result of that, right? right. Getting jumped all the time. And that, and that's one thing I, I disagree with now. Whereas if you make a good big hit, you got to fight where, you know, it never really used to be like that. Um, you just, you know, someone would try and hit you. And yeah, if you got to fight, there's a fight, but it just seems every you're getting jumped if it's if it's a good clean hit, you know. I think they but, they don't respect that there can be a big hit now. I think it's that might no, yeah, and, yeah. and it's a, a penalty hit. for everything, which yeah. I also don't agree with. But no, I mean, guys should be. It's a physical sport. It always has been. You, I mean, the NFL got to a point too where you'd see a hit, and you're like, well, just let them play. I mean, there oh, there I, has to be a point where like it's still that game. It still has to be the natural point of that game where, you know, yeah. there's hitting in hockey. It's allowed. I go to the, the odd Vipers game and I, you still watching <laughs> I've Vipers gone with game? a couple of buddies and I'm just like, we'd be, we'd be kicked out of the league for life. It's changed that much in whatever 15, I'm longer than that actually, but yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, you had some tussles in, in the BCH obviously, but I mean, you go away to college for, for four years how do you keep that side of your game sharp? Like, how do you? Because that's not happening. I mean, you correct me if I'm wrong. I didn't watch your call a lot of your college games, or, but how do you how do you keep that side of your game sharp? Because I'm guessing it's not happening all the time. And then you arrive in pro hockey, and it's a major part of the game. Underground street fights. That's <laughs> perfect. I'm actually not allowed to talk about why. I'm <laughs> yeah, yeah. Legally, first rule. Don't. Yeah. Yeah. First um, and second rule. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's a good question. Um, yeah, you don't really is the short answer. You, you get, uh, you just kind of get thrown into the fire again once you you make that next jump up. Um, a little bit of it is just like that mentality plays a big part of it too, right? Where you got to know how to fight it. Like I had enough experience in junior to fall back on, but. Yeah, like I didn't really lose a step with the fighting. If anything, I got a lot stronger in college, so I, I think it probably helped. But so, yeah, I mean, good question. I think there's no real. The answer is I I didn't really get a lot of practice. Maybe like the odd bar fight, but that's not the same thing. 
Speaking so. of speaking of bars, you spent three years in Vancouver. Um, who is who is your favorite player to go out with at night, and which was your favorite bar? Ooh, who did I? We kind of rolled with. I mean, we did the odd team thing, but I rolled a lot with uh, like Dale Weiss, Andrew Abbott, uh, Tanev. We would drag out. I don't know. He was he was pretty quiet then. I'd be curious. I don't I don't keep in touch with him a ton, but um i bet he's kind of come out of his shell a little bit so yeah mostly those guys it's funny actually ebbett and i would because we actually rotated the 12th 13th forward for like half a year mm-hmm. and uh we would it would like it wouldn't even matter how you played it was just automatic rotate so we knew he was in i'm playing the next game and we would every sunday we would go you know just drink a handful of beers together and just kind of shoot the shit and which is kind of cool because we you know you form a bit of a friendship there with your kind of rivals but um sometimes you grow closer in those those types of uh of arrangements or relationships i guess you could say so he's kind of like your battery mate right the what he's kind of like your battery mate right like he's you know not a bash brother kind of thing but i mean if you're switching spots with the same guy all the time i mean yeah you're gonna probably have some kind of relationship there totally different player but yeah maybe that's why they <laughs> yeah let's get a different look every night yeah <laughs> throw the other team off maybe. so that's crazy and even you could go out and roll a double homicide and you're out the next game that must have been kind of weird yeah <laughs> yeah i don't i didn't have as many double homicides in the nhl um it was only in the minors but um actually i don't know that's a good question not that i remember anyways so speaking of like the double homicide and the, I guess we've heard about double Dion, which we don't need to get into the guy no. that came up with that one. Wrong show. Wrong show. Sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so when you play with Ovi, like one thing I noticed probably, I guess, what about five or six years into his career? Like he looked like he was just reckless. Like at some point his body was basically going to, um, you know, give in on him just the way, the style of play, like just throwing his body into the boards. And I mean, he just gave it, hundred percent into like every hit, every shot, every shift. And it just looked like at some point, like his body was going to basically be like, you can't do this anymore. And it hasn't really stopped them though. Like, did you, did you notice, like, did you ever look and be like, man, this guy can't keep doing this. His body won't hold up. I don't know. It must be the Russian gas. I don't like, I felt that way about a few of them. <laughs> he, yeah, he's just a tank, man. Like, I don't know what he weighs, but, um yeah he's just it's funny because sometimes some of the most in shape and like shredded guys i got hurt the most it was really weird where ovi wasn't out of shape he was in good shape but he was just like he was just big just thick um just thick and big and i don't know like he could just i don't know i don't think he's ever really gotten injured seriously um for yeah for the way he plays and the how many injuries he hasn't had is it's pretty shocking. He's I got a signed stick and that's my retirement. If he can break this uh, goal record, then I'm putting that thing on sale and I'm riding off into the sunset. Hopefully I, I, I might <laughs> still know the lock box to your house. So I might make sure that yeah. happens before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, but uh, yeah, I never, I don't know there. I, I never thought that he wouldn't make it, I guess, but um I was shocked at how he just never got injured. Um, 
Yeah. I, I feel like, like big guy, right? Like Yager, big guy. Like we, you'd look at Yager, you don't think imposing human being, but, right. but Ovi, he almost has like this Bo Jackson-esque like, like feel to him, right? Like people talk about how big he is, but he doesn't look huge on the ice. But then you hear rumors that he's walking around in like 240 in the off season. Like, is he that big of a human being when you're standing next to him? Oh, I would say he's probably 240. He's got to be. Jeez. But I don't know how tall he's maybe 6'2". Like, he's not huge. I'm, I'm, I'm 6'2". Yeah. <laughs> I got to ask you, um, what was it like to play under a guy like Elaine Vigneault? Was was he a great coach, or did you learn much from him? Or? I did. I actually really liked Elaine. Um, he always gave it to you straight, which I respected. You know, you might not always like it, but you got to respect it where, you know, sometimes other coaches will tiptoe or beat around the bush. And, you know, if you're sometimes if you're not playing, you don't know. And you're like, why? Where he would always just come up to you. You're playing or you're not. If you're not, here's why. And you're like, fuck you. But you're like, okay, I guess I can respect that. <laughs> I mean, you're pissed off. You want to play. But um, at the end of the day, I respected he was just always really straight up, which I, which I did, which I did like. So no, he was, he might, he was probably my favorite coach in pro um, him. I really liked, um, God, why can't I think of his name? Now? Did you have out in Washington? Scott O'Neill. Um, when I first got to Manitoba okay, yeah. was good, but it helps when they like you too. So, Oh, no kidding. I mean, you hear guys like, Oh, I hated that coach, but, I mean, they probably just didn't like you from the beginning. And yeah. so obviously you're not going to like them. Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Um, but yeah. We, uh, we were talking about Corey Schneider. And um, from what I remember, because this was a little while ago, Corey uh, started the New Year's Eve game in Dallas. I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you were kind of mentioning that uh, you might have a, a decent time in Dallas. Is there a story that... Uh, there's a pretty there's a pretty funny story there yeah so i got called up so this was my first year pro i got called up i think december 18th or something like that played my first game on i shouldn't probably know this the 19th or 20th of december and then we were in dallas for new year's and i played you know whatever five games or six games i've been there almost for a couple of weeks and so we play the game i think we won i don't know yeah it was a close one it was a close was one it? yeah it was it was a good game yeah i don't remember so, you sorry but yeah I, I played you know i probably played my whatever seven eight minutes yeah um that you know a recently called up guy would play a fourth liner at that time and so i was just like oh this is great i'm gonna get to go out with the boys after get my feet wet my first nhl party and so I'm undressing and the assistant coach comes up and he said, Hey, uh, I hate to do this to you, but you got to come, you got to come skate with the guys in the morning, the injured guys. And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, you gotta be kidding me. So I thought, okay, you know, I, I've been hung over before. It's nothing new. So we go, we have a great time. We went to this, uh, I think it was a hotel. And anyways, the night, I went out and I said, you know, I'll have a good time, but I'll, I'll keep it in check. Like I just got called up. I don't want to be an idiot. And of course I wake up. I don't remember. I wake up at, <laughs> I don't know what, what time skate was, but 
but I wake up at nine in the morning or whatever my alarm was set on on my dresser or my uh, desk chair. Like I didn't even make it to the bed. And I get up and I just obviously feel terrible, really hungover, go puke in the bathroom, sprint down to the rink, puke once more, get my gear on. And I'm like, okay, you can do this. You know, just sweat it out. Won't be like any other times. I mean, I was hurting a little bit more. And I step on the ice and I fall right on my ass. Oh, no. And I'm like, holy shit, I'm still hammered. <laughs> and, but luckily for me, the coaches weren't there. So it was just um, our skills coach and our goalie coach. So, I mean, I knew this is probably going to get back. So I'm just thinking, I'm like, God, I'm such an idiot. Like I'm getting sent down for sure. And uh, so we're doing these drills, like uh, I'll skate backwards, give and go with the coach pivot, which I fell every, every time I pivoted, <laughs> fell straight on my ass. And then <laughs> after about 10, 15 minutes, every guy getting treatment that was injured is on the bench, just dying hysterically. So I got half the team watching me trying to bandy it out there on the ice. And, uh, they're just howling and the assistant coach comes up to me he just says he's like really like you're that fucked up i was like <laughs> i'm like glenny glenny i don't know what to tell you man I, i'm sorry like yeah i fucked up uh just he's like oh god just get through it so anyways i went through the practice falling on my ass i could barely get the shot off and i'm like oh, i'm getting sent home for sure the next day and I mean, I was there for another couple months, so maybe they just thought, maybe they gave me a break. I don't know. That's what I'm going with. But um, it was pretty funny just. And then the guys were showing me these videos of, like, dumping shots down my throat. I'm like, you fuckers. Like, <laughs> <laughs> So I'm convinced they knew I was skating, and they said, let's get him banged up. But 100 you know who, what? Yeah. Who was the major? Like, who were the major antagonists of, of that? I mean, obviously, it doesn't sound like you remember a whole bunch about that night, but you have to have some feelings about who was <laughs> yeah, in that. I don't night. remember a lot for sure. <laughs> um, I would say Kess probably had to be up there. He was probably the first guy dumping them down there. But I mean, whatever. It's all about team building. Oh, for and, sure. Um, someone's got to. Someone's got to be the guy, and why not make it the new guy? I guess right. So, um, but yeah, thankfully I. I survived the plane ride and didn't get sent down, so maybe the the coaches cut me some slack there. And you even got to <laughs> hang around for a pretty decent playoff run too. So basically, I mean, you were yeah. a black ace for the for the whole run, right? Well, no, or I got you, sent or down. not the final. I apologize. I did, I did get sent back down in oh god, I don't know March maybe, and then went down for the playoffs and we got bounced i think in this i think we lost in the second round and in, in with the moose and then yeah got back called back up i don't know who vancouver was playing probably nashville at that yeah. time yeah. um so yeah i got called up then and yeah just did the black ace thing with you know six or so of us so uh once once you got to once everything got to the final there uh, we all saw the, the hit that uh well i guess ultimately nathan horton's career was done after that but i've i mean oh, we've yeah. all we've all seen that hit so many times like as as a teammate 
Um, and I guess even as a hockey player, you can probably look at it two different ways. But like you see that hit and you see what what Romer got for that. Um, like, how do you feel, especially again, as like an energy guy, as as a fourth liner, like what's going through your mind at that point when you see that kind of all go down and then you see the replay, too? Yeah, I'd have to watch that again. I, like, I remember it in my head. It was open ice. I don't know. Was the consensus was it was late? Did he get suspended? I don't know. It's like even a one steamboat, two steamboat, they said. Yeah, he got suspended for the rest of the, the finals, which was four games. Did he? Yeah. yeah. I mean, back then, to get suspended four games in the finals, I feel like you got to do something pretty bad. I mean, unfortunately, injuries play into these suspensions, right? Or fortunately, unfortunately, whatever your opinion is, um, that same hit, you know, an inch one way might look different too. So if he's not hurt, he's probably not suspended. So it's obviously, firstly, you, f- you feel bad for Horton because it, you know, like yeah. you said, I don't think he played that was after if he did. Yeah. So yeah, you feel really bad about that, especially Romer giving it out. Like he feels like shit. I guarantee you. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's a tough one. I'd, I'd have to watch it again to see how late it was. Yeah. Um, I don't remember it being like malicious. I thought he hit him with his shoulder. It was, yeah. I'd have, I'd have to watch it again. Head, he had his head down, and it was. I would say if if, a hit, if an average hit was, if there's a late hit, this one was probably another half second later. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. I mean, and if if you do that and you hurt a guy that bad, then yeah. I mean, obviously, like I said, firstly, you you feel bad about about the injury, and. Like I said, I'd have to watch it again. But, I mean, I've been in the situations where, you know, you hit a guy and, you know, you're like, oh, I made a really good hit there. And then he's knocked out and you're like, oh, like you never want to hurt a guy, right? So. Hey, it's Ryan from the PP1 podcast on Cryer Media. If you're looking for a spot to advertise your company, your brand, your cheese wheel, some beer, maybe some donuts, this is the spot. Reach out to me via DM on Twitter or Instagram at always94, and I'd be more than happy to chat with you. Worst case scenario, we just become best friends. And how awesome does that sound? How do you, you find mean- the difference? Like, how do you find the difference between, you know, nowadays they, like, you get suspensions for a lot of hits. Like, where do, you, where do you draw the line? Like, how do you find the difference when the play is happening so fast? Like, when do you know, okay, I can't hit him here or, no, this is good. I can hit him in this situation. It's so tough because, and that's the problem with instant replay now and the slow-mo that we have and fans can call it from, you know, from your home and it, but you don't know how fast it's happening. It's, you know, like you said, the three steamboats, it looks like an eternity on when you do it slow motion, but that's a split second thing in real time. So it's tough to let up. I mean, I had a tough time with it just because, you know, you get so tunnel vision and once you see that, you kind of smell blood, you know, like this guy's got his head down, I'm going to pop him. And yeah, it's tough. If he turns his back, I mean, I, I don't think I had too many hitting from behinds, but I mean, if it happens last minute, there's not really much you can do. Like, like I said, it looks a lot slower in slow motion, but when you're, when you're committed and if a guy turns or something last second, it's it always looks worse than it is, I think, yeah. or than it was intended to be. So, yeah, it's, it's a, a tough lot one. Of the, a lot of the people that not don't necessarily play hockey or <laughs> haven't played at a level where 
you know, you've you've seen the speed anyway. Like, I mean, I've played rec yeah. hockey. That's it. Well, so we all I've know never I've never puck. been in a game where where <laughs> I've had time to even get hit that quickly <laughs> or be in a position to uh, to make a hit. My my oh. personal game doesn't go very fast. And it's only gotten faster and faster. So now, when you're seeing it, like it, the game's so fast, these guys have no time to to change their mind. It, it you don't have time to register it. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, you said that. I mean, you obviously noticed the game has gotten faster. Do you still do you watch the game still? Are you a fan of the game? Is it more about? I mean, do you, do you keep track of your your former teams or teammates? Like, where are you at with that? And if you do watch the game, I mean, who are you watching right now? Like, who's exciting for you? I don't watch a ton, to be honest. I, I'll watch the playoffs. Um, my son's almost five, so he's he's into it now. And so sometimes, if there's a game on, I'll just throw it on and. And he's just starting to grasp that I played, and Man, that's um, so, so that's cool. pretty cool. So he's always, I'll more just watch it the odd time with him. Um, but I mean, I keep in, I keep tabs on my my ex teams, um, some of the teammates. But yeah, other than that, I honestly don't watch a ton of it. Um, it's funny, my son, he's always because he knows about, you know, well, whatever he knows about the internet, <laughs> but he knows that there's videos on there. He's like. I want to see a video of you in the NHL. I was just like, not many goals on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, might, we might be here a while. <laughs> yeah, let me let me scroll down here. Uh, well, this one's not too gory. Let's try this one. Yeah. And he's like, oh, that's a penalty. Yeah, I was like, yeah. Dad had a few of those. Awesome. Yeah. No, it's pretty funny. Um, I was just gonna add in there. Um, you were kind of, you you know you and Ebbett switching out. Um, in like 2011 there was there ever like a game where you were out but then you find I guess like your 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 warm-ups or whatever and all of a sudden you find out you're back in like have you I'm sure every guy has kind of had that but being that you're kind of one of those bubble guys um, did you ever kind of say you're not in and all of a sudden you are back in and like how do you prepare for that yeah there was the odd time where you'd be in warm-up and you wouldn't know if you're playing Sometimes Evan and I would both dress for warm-ups. And actually, we did that often, but usually we knew who was playing who wasn't. Right. You know, sometimes they might want to throw me out there to say, okay, well, they're kind of putting some sandpaper in the lineup and they'd switch it up. I don't really know why. I actually, I honestly hated going to warm-up when I wasn't playing. Um, I shouldn't say hate. I mean, you're in the NHL, you're in warm-up, and you – you know, maybe get to look at some of the ladies in the stands more or whatever. But so it's not that bad, I guess. Um, but you know, you're pissed off. You want to play. The warm up songs um, are wicked, though. Yeah, but I remember <laughs> one time. Yeah, one time, Ebbett and I. We got to the rink and the lineup said, "Volpatti or Ebbett slash." So it was Volpatti slash Ebbett, and so we're like, "What the f-? like?" Okay, <laughs> so we go about our business and we're just kind of joking like take making bets who's playing and all this and uh we go through warm-up come back to the room still don't know and we're like okay and the clock's almost at five minutes now and we i don't even i can't remember when we went out say two minutes 30 or something so it gets down to like four minutes so we're just kind of laughing and we're kind of just making jokes around the room right before the game it's like all right boys we're dressing 22 or whatever I don't how many did you dress 21? I can't remember, but um, 
and so we we had to go to the assistant coach's office and we're like daryl like who's playing you're both in full gear at this point we're both in full gear that we're going on the ice He's like <laughs> oh no one told you and i don't remember i think he played so i had to like grab my sh- take my shit off and hit the showers i was like have a good game boys like he's out get him. <laughs> he's out yeah sometimes they just you know they they'd forget about yeah sometimes that's the pigeon fourth liners but that's all right oh well um, what are you gonna do one thing that I um I've heard on uh, I spit in chiclets and I don't want to be promoting another podcast that we're trying to topple at some point this decade. Um, yeah, you guys are better, bigger than them. Aren't we're you? huge, actually. We're we're <laughs> so big that we're getting them as guests. So. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We, we had Biz uh, a couple months ago. Actually, it was pretty awesome. Um, that was he, a while ago. Now he, he's a good dude. Oh, did four, you? Four, yeah. Four months ago, yeah. Yeah, he's a good dude. Um, I've yeah, always sweet. heard though, like uh, money on the board. So yeah. what's it, for a, an idiot like me, like explain that. And what did you have to pay out to said money on the board? If you so money on, had to pay out money, money on the board. board that goes into the team fund for parties, dinners, et cetera, et cetera, what have you. Okay. So basically you got to put money on the board. If it's your first game back from injury, say, or uh, you're playing against your former team. Or it's your birthday, or maybe your wife's pregnant. I don't know, like just like literally anything they can think of to make you pay into the fund. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes there's a little bit of a stretch there. Um, If you to practice hungover, if you fall on a puck in warmups, that's money on the board. Okay. Uh, If you hit the goalie in the head in warmups, money on the board. So, what's like the um, weirdest? What's like something the absolute most random that you remember? I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of like a really obscure one. Yeah, I can't, I can't remember off the top of my head. I remember the warm-up one was kind of funny because guys would be shooting pucks at each other's feet trying to get them to go down sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah, but uh, I think, yeah, I don't, I, I'm trying to think of like an obscure one, but I can't off the top of my head. Sorry, guys. That's okay. All right, I'll ask you this question. Um, you know, playing in the NHL, you get to obviously travel around North America quite a bit. Um what was probably your favorite city to to play in, and why? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, also, what was your favorite city to party in? Oh, also good. I would say Brady's the hard hitting like, questions here. My top, my top three probably got to be Nashville, New York, Chicago, and then maybe you could throw in like California, LA. Um, Texas was good. Actually, Austin was awesome in the minors. If you haven't been to Austin, that's a great spot too. Um, I would say like Nashville, Chicago, New York. I'm probably missing a couple other really good ones. Um, but Nashville, I always remember because I'm a big music guy. Right. Um, so you I you scored like, against Nashville too, right? I did. Yeah. Well, there's a funny yeah. story about that goal actually too that I should tell you guys. But uh, every time I was playing in Nashville, if I, you know, got the late scratch and or in morning skate, if I didn't know I was playing, I was just like, ah, could be worse. I'm just going to go to Tootsie's and <laughs> knock a few back and watch some live music and still getting paid and listening <laughs> to some country music. So it wasn't all that bad. But uh, um, those are probably the tops. I'm sh- I mean, you can have fun pretty much anywhere except Buffalo. 
<laughs> so what's what's going through Jack Eichel's head then? Oh man, I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, I guess you're just there in the winter too. But yeah, I heard they don't even enough. have all dressed chips down there. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. But so yeah, I mean, actually DC. What I didn't know, I don't really think I went out a ton there when I was with Vancouver. Well, I probably only would have been there once or twice before that. But um, that city's awesome too. It's a bit of a sleeper city, I think. We had some some fun there. There's tons of places to go and a lot of a lot of people like really diverse culture, which is really cool. Um, so you can do something different every night, which is which is fun. So, uh, but I was gonna say that Nashville, that goal. Okay, yeah. Because I, I don't think this. I I don't think I scored in Nashville. I think that was at home. And uh, so I can't remember what year that was. Probably 2012, and or no, 11. Because 12 was a lockout, right? 11. And um, I played the first 20-whatever games of the season. And I think that was the year that I, you know, had that really good camp. I made the team. It was like, all right, I'm here. I made the team for, you know, foreseeable foreseeable future. And, but I can't remember who was coming back from injury. I want to I say Mason Raymond was coming back from injury, so... I knew at one point I was going to get bumped out of the lineup, which is fine. You know, someone's got to be that 13th guy that sits out and comes back in. And that's just part of the part of the fourth line gig sometimes. So like I said, I played the first 20 games and I knew Mason was coming back. So I got scratched whatever game he was coming back. I said, okay, whatever. Cool. So called my buddy who was living in vancouver and i said hey you want to go for lunch let's like grab a few beers i hadn't seen him a ton he was working and it was, i think it was like a saturday or something so we go to cactus club and you know i do my morning skate bag skate go and i'm there from you know 12 to almost five and you know i've probably had i'm not hammered but i've had probably like seven plus beers it's like, been a good afternoon yeah you're in the mix they were, they, like they were flowing and I wasn't getting too, you know, too hammered. I, I had to do a workout that night. So I was like, yeah, I got to keep it, you know, pretty, pretty even keel here. But I knew it wasn't playing. I was going to let some steam off a little bit. And so I'm out with my buddy at Cactus Club and I get a call at like four, right before five. And it's Vigneault and he says, hey, uh, I can't do it. Vern needs to probably do his impression. I can't do it. But, uh, or not Vern, uh. I'm yeah, down with you trying. Corey, though. Corey, Corey will have your, your impression. Corey, yeah. We'll get him. He, so he goes, hey, you got to play. Um, they they screwed up Mace's paperwork. And I was like, I honestly just froze. And I just said, oh, I can't tell him I can't play. Like, what, <laughs> what am I supposed I've, to do? I've had a lot no, of I, beers. No, I've had a, I've been drinking beers all day. i like, nope, sorry, I'm good. I can't say that. Yeah. So I said, uh. Okay, sounds good. I'll be right down. <laughs> so I said, oh, my God, I just hammered like a burger. I had a bunch of beers all day. I get I get to the rink, and I just got this probably this huge smirk on my face, and I'm just telling some of the guys, I'm like, I'm like, boys, I'm like, I'm in the bag here. Like, <laughs> what, what should I do? And obviously, they just start dying. They probably said money on the board. <laughs> there you go. That's, that's the obscure one. You're an idiot. <laughs> but – no, but anyways, I I mean you kind of I, like I wasn't drunk, but I was you know wasn't sober either. Buzzing. And so, 
<laughs> start the game and surprisingly i played pretty well wow and i i scored a goal maybe it's because i was loose i don't know and uh but what's funny is that from that game on and i never did it but i always wanted to just you know maybe slam a beer before coming to the game and i wish i would have just to you know i don't know why not just to be loose like, what if yeah yeah like i played well so maybe it's your guess. superstition yeah right <laughs> yeah what's your superstition i, I drink seven beers before the game it's <laughs> <laughs> not safe man every what's, time yeah. yeah what's what's yours <laughs> like i work out and no. i eat well no, but that was hilarious work. and the guys were i wish you could have seen some of the guys' faces like they were just dying when i scored that goal were there anyone on the canucks or on washington that had just a weird superstition that you just couldn't get out of your head uh god there's so many excluding goalies yeah there's so many i i stopped keeping tabs on it i think but goalies always kind of do their own thing not all of them but um like handshakes were a big thing with some guys um i was like i don't even know if it was superstition but i was always like a time guy you know at this time i i would we play baseball and throw the ball and just kind of warm up and just kind of stay loose and then you know at this time i'd do a little jump around warm up this time i'd start getting dressed it's more of a routine it's tough to distinguish or you know routine versus superstition um if you let it don't let it get out of control then you know it can it can lead to more superstitious tendencies i guess but yeah i wish i could remember what some of the weirdest ones were I I can't remember who this was, but ah, who was that? Some someone had to put their each piece of gear on at an exact time, so like <laughs> to the to the second. Wow! And I think it it was probably Chimera. Oh God, I wish I wish I would remember who this was. Maybe it wasn't there. My memory is too bad. But anyways, um, so he would like fuck with the guy and like drop something in front of his stall at like 58 seconds of this time. And this guy needs to put his skate on. He's like, Oh, sorry, sorry. Let me one second, one second. And he'd fall in his <laughs> stall. And, like, this, and he'd be so shook that, you know, he's like, Oh no, get, get out of here. I need to put the skate on. And so when guys pick up, that's when you're screwed. If guys start picking up on it, cause then they're going to fuck with you. Right. So <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> but yeah. Awesome. Aaron, you got the opportunity obviously to play on a, a, a couple of squads with, you know what we can only assume to be some real characters on those squads. Did you have any like absolute clowns or jokers that you played with? And is there any stories that might stand out with those guys? Yeah, um, I'd say the funniest guy I played with was probably Chimera in Washington. He was hilarious. Just he was almost like a kid in a man's body. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't even. It was just he would just be motoring around and. I don't know. He'd just do this thing in warm up where he would just start flying around at full speed and guys are just dying. And it was pretty funny, but um, yeah, I don't know if I have any specific stories. He was just, he was just hilarious. Him and Joel Ward were actually a pretty funny duo and in, in uh, Washington, the two of them like got each other going and it was pretty funny. We did, we did like some team yoga and that got a little bit awkward when they would start cracking jokes or, whatever they're doing but yeah they were they're hilarious <laughs> right on 
Um, you uh, we'll we'll take a, a serious turn here, I guess. Um, you did the Ironman Whistler last year, is that right? Yeah, that was last year. And for yeah. ALS, um, and I think that was to was it to support your dad? Yeah, my dad's living with ALS, and he's had it for God almost uh, diagnosed almost five years. So yeah, he's uh, oh. slow progressing, thankfully. But yeah, so it was just a way to. You know, a lot of I had a lot of transition in my life after you know retiring with injury, and then you know going through a divorce and my dad, and so I kind of stepped away from my job at the time to to do this full time, and um, yeah, it was a great experience, and we raised a ton of money for ALS, and so yeah, did that last year. Had you ever done like I mean, you play in the NHL, so clearly you got to be. Uh pretty fit to make that happen well you've told some stories apparently you don't have to be as fit as uh as we'd think <laughs> yeah. but uh no, you're good it's never too late yeah yeah so i think yeah 37 year old absolute <laughs> hack of a player like i'm not even that great at yeah. nhl 21 or 20 so um but like had you ever done anything like that extreme like uh, like a you know a marathon or any, any of that like an ironman's you know that's no joke no i had not done none of that i basically I basically said, what's the hardest thing I can I do? And that's what I did. I mean, aside from maybe like some of these ultra um, marathons or something through the desert. But um, yeah, I, was, I just said, what's the hardest thing I, I want to challenge myself? And so I picked that. And actually, it's funny. I signed up for it, went to the pool the next day because I said, you know, I better learn how to swim. I, that's a I key mean, component. <laughs> I don't, I don't drown, but I, I don't swim very well. Um, anyway, so I went, went to the pool, tried to go down and back, and I was dying, like, so out of breath. And I'm just like, holy shit, I'm not going to be able to do this. Because I get to do, I don't even know what it was, 150 of those or something for 4K swim. Oh. And uh, No, thanks. Yeah, so I was just like, ah, okay, maybe I'll do a marathon. So I was on the phone with with Iron Man trying to get my money back, and that... <laughs> so okay, this took a turn. Yeah, yeah, because I was like, holy shit, I can't swim. Like, there's no way I'm gonna be able to do this. And then I had that little voice in my head that, like, you pussy, like, hang the phone up, you'll figure it out. And so I did. I hung it up, and then it took a while, but I I figured it out. And ironically, it was like the easiest part of that day was the swim. So, wow. um, yeah, you can learn anything, I guess. <laughs> Dedicated guy. And and I mean, yeah. obviously raising money for a good cause. And I mean, I think. Uh, I th- no, that was part of it. I, I said I was going to do it. And so I almost, almost pussied out. But you know, like I said, that little voice that I had in there. Oh, I hate the little voice. I've heard so. that when you when you step off to do those kind of events cuz you hadn't done anything like that before that when you get caught in that swim in a crowd of people that it's like the scariest thing ever. Yeah, if you're not prepared, it can be a little overwhelming for sure. Um I like right away I got a foot right in the face and knocked my goggles off. Ugh. So I had to like I had to swim into the buoys like so there's no one there and and tread water and get these things back on and yeah it i mean people are climbing over you for the first little bit it's 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 pretty crazy if that's why you like the breath breath work was so important because yeah you can you can get in a bad place if you and that's the whole thing that i learned about swimming is just being able to breathe and 
you know, a lot of that is just because you're so tense that you can't breathe. Yeah. And not relaxing, right? So yeah, it's pretty it's a pretty wild event for sure that that swim. So what was more difficult? Was it the swim and that whole marathon or was it an NHL training camp? Oh, that's a good question. Um like physically I would say that was harder. Um there's more stress with the training camp, just not like for in my career there was a lot of unknown you know am i going to make the team okay i'm on the team am i going to be here tomorrow or am i going to be sent down so there's always that constant grind on you you know where am i going to be tomorrow um which was it was tough to you know to live like that i mean the last couple years i was on a one way but still um that lack of security was it kind of always wore you down a little bit so but I mean, physically, I mean, I didn't play enough to compare it physically. So <laughs> there's your answer for that. <laughs> just, just enough to have an answer, but not enough to have a good one. Yeah. That's fair. Nice. Um, I like it. Um, I think uh, we've we've taken a, a ton of your time and I do appreciate. Um, did you guys have any uh, final words for Aaron? We'll kind of let What's, him go. Uh, what beer are you drinking there? I'm drinking uh, Pale Ale. Uh, oh, the talisman. West Coast. Yeah, it's good. Uh, nice. Good man. I'm a bit of a beer snob lately. My dad kind of turned me on to the IPAs about right after I retired. And uh, but we got he's always talk. liked them. And yeah, but now when I drink, you know, a Coors Light or something, I'm, I just kind of like, like piss. Uh, I, yeah, I like the hoppy beers. So I'm converted. You'll fit in with us. Um, I just picked yeah. this box up last week, which in turn, I think you went, what, the next day? I, I did, yes. Um, so there's, I don't know if you've seen the brand Spectrum. They're kind of lower on the the radar. Um, they just came out with a box of chocolate, it's called. So there's oh, okay. there's four different flavors. One? So uh, I got milk chocolate, the milk chocolate ale. Ted, what is yours? There's a chocolate orange, and then there's also there's a white chocolate. And a mint chocolate. All four so, of them, uh, all four of them are like, the mint. dude, they're, it's like a mint chocolate bar, but it's beer. It's surprisingly good. Chocolate beer I thought this was gonna No, be man. It's, yeah, I'm with you. I don't know if I, I mean, I'll yeah. taste it, but I don't know. <laughs> no, you're, I, I was one sip in. I'm like, oh, I might be buying boxes of this stuff. It's oh, so, yeah. so wow. good. On the whole, it probably doesn't, it doesn't stand up to a, a fat tug or a fat tie or something with like a ton of IBUs. But True. Yeah. Oh, fat tug's my number one. That's my go-to. I'm with you on that. That stuff yeah. tastes like soap. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, to each their own, I suppose. Right? So uh, normally you'd yeah. see Brady with a rock star or something like that. He'd have like the, a Gronk Red Bull or something. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. trying to cut back on the energy drinks. Okay, they're bad for me. It's, you won't be you won't be able to That's sleep right. if you're drinking those. So um, other than that, um, Aaron, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Um, I I mean personally, I do appreciate it. I've uh, kind of begged you for a while but uh it is cool that uh, you're able to do this um um other than that like guys this is uh and it's an nhl player a real real one yeah, <laughs> those were the glory days <laughs> the, the good times but uh, in yeah. all serious uh thanks for coming by we do appreciate it yeah no thanks for having me guys appreciate it we'll yeah. have a beer one day well when covid's done uh, we'll be able to make that happen yeah right sounds okay. good cheers aaron thanks a lot thanks buddy all right thanks guys bye cool. thanks a lot aaron <laughs> Well done. Well done. Sweet. One hour. So are we gonna lose, are we gonna lose all three FAs here or what? I think Wait, so. Did I not say that that could happen? I was yeah, you said you're gonna be irate. I irate. I was uh 
Yeah, I'm, I'm like, I will be a little bit irate if that happens. I think if we lose all three and then also don't get OEL, I'll be a little bit pissed. We're not going to get OEL, I don't think. So we might lose all three and not get OEL. Hmm. Um, uh, hey. That's, o- that that's okay. Yoni, Yoni Germo guy. Yeah. He looks, like, he looks like Besser and PD combined. Yeah, I saw that tweet. That was funny. <laughs> he looks, yeah. I really like that pick, by the way. Have you seen how fast he is? I think that's the, uh, that's the ghost of Jed Brackett's pick. He's a big boy. When he was uh, ranked 46th, dropped all the way to 82. That's who I had the Canucks taking you know in the what? third it's round. Actually, believe it or not, this is common misconception. Yeah, that's actually the flip. So he 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 rose to he rose to 46. Did you say that he dropped to 46 or? No, he was ranked 46, but he dropped yeah, so to 82. In the back half of the year, he he rose all the way to 46, which is crazy because he was an 86 ranked demon. But then things just got so mm-hmm. out of whack that he got picked in what was like considered his regular spot, even though he was twice the player. Which is that's crazy. I'm gonna stand out on this and say once again, I have no idea who this guy is, and to <laughs> to even throw my hat in the ring and say, oh yeah, I have no clue. I don't know this. I know about as much as I do about him as I did about Elias Pettersson. So this was kind of a, a kind of a funny year. We were talking about having Rich on to do like a pre-draft show. Yeah. Um, and then it never materialized because we didn't have a pick until the third round. So all in all, Vancouver yeah. did pretty good with their picks. I think we 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 walked away with a couple of like solid project uh, defensemen with some yeah. physical skills, um, like a jack of all trades guy playing in the United States Development Program uh, that has like breakout ability and seems to think the game really well. Um, and then another another power forward that looks a lot like a a, a, a Jonah Gadjevich or an Ethan Kepin type. So um, some of these guys have issues. They all got issues when you pick past the, the, the second round. Um, so we'll see some of these guys might develop into players. I think at the end of the day, though, tomorrow's the big day. Or today, if you're listening to it, free agency Friday. Friday, Friday, Friday. What is Jimothy Benething going to do? Are we going to have Marc-Andre Fleury? Are we going to have Tyler Toffoli? Is Jacob Markstrom going to be a Canuck? Is Thatcher Demko going to be that Thatcher Demko, is he going to be a Canuck? I think this might be one of the most interesting, not only just free agency, but I think we're going to see some trades tomorrow. Um, my prediction, Fleury and Taylor Hall are Canucks. That's a... Big prediction. I mean, we just saw. I go. I swing for the fences. We just saw Max Domi sign for pretty minimal. I too, saw right? that. And, and yeah. Guys like Dylan Demello getting maybe a little bit more than we thought. So this this whole thing is going super funky. Um, but we might. I mean, Tyler Toffoli's value could drop just the same way that uh, that Max Domi's did, right? So yeah, we could we could see all of that flurry happen. We could also see all of these names not even consider signing on the first day either. So I don't even know what's going to happen. It's so weird. what what would be, you guys, what would be the double homicide for Jim Benning tomorrow? What would be his his combo? A uh, double like, homicide in a bad way or a good no, way? No, in a good way. <laughs> it's like somehow he traded away Quinn Hughes and Petey and no one knew why. No, not not bad. Like what's what's the good? What is the gooder? What's the good good? I'm not sure how how much is going to happen, actually. I think he's still got to wait and see if these guys sign elsewhere and if their value is going to be up or down. It's going to be a really weird year. I'm I'm not really sure what's going to happen. I think, but uh, uh, yeah, I, th- I think you're right, Brady. I think you're right. It's a it's a it's a weird weird year. I, I don't know what to think of this, but I feel like maybe old Jim Benning was juggling balls and somebody threw him a bowling ball. 
Ooh, um, that'll hurt. So that bowling ball maybe being OEL. I, I, I think maybe a, a win for these guys would be obviously finding a second or third pairing defenseman that would be an improvement over Troy Stetcher if they're obviously not going to tender him, qualify him, let him go. Yeah. But we probably have to see some dudes sign for, for under that $3 million mark as opposed to over. Uh, Jake Furtanen being one of them. Like uh, is Cernak like the the talk of Cernak? Do you think that happens, or do you think, think that's so. just smoking? Because that's such a rarity. I mean, how yeah. often do we see uh, offer sheets made? I mean, granted, but when with offer the sheets f- made, it is Vancouver has been involved in a bunch of those. Yeah, but with against. the flat cap, though, I'm saying because this is this year is unlike any other year, right? I I I think there's, and I could be completely wrong, and you can agree or disagree, Brady. I'm sure you got something to say on this too. But when when offer sheets are made, I feel like teams feel like they're going to burn a bridge by making an offer sheet against another team. Yeah. Uh, and a good example of that um, would have been when Vancouver made an offer sheet in St. Louis for, oh, why can't I think of his name? Was that big? Backus? No. Yeah, for David Backus. They made yeah. a, a play on David Backus. And right. all that... Um, all that St. Louis did was they were pissed, they matched, and then they flipped it right around and then made an offer sheet on Jonathan Bernier, who we had had at the time. Yeah. Who they had no intention of signing, but just basically forcing Vancouver to now Steve pay Bernier. More, Steve Bernier. Uh, forcing Vancouver to now pay more for Bernier than they probably right. had anticipated right. doing. So I think you burn a bridge sometime when you discuss making an offer sheet, and I don't think the GMs are super keen on doing stuff like that because there's already only so many teams that you make deals with that it is, right? It's just this... I'll let you get in a second here, Brady. I just hate it that it's in the CBA to do it, and yet everybody feels like it's this this sin to even talk about it. Yeah, very very strange, and, and like I said, it has, it's happened so few times, but Vancouver has been involved, like I said, for yeah. or against on a bunch of those, Ryan Kessler being another one. 100%. Or as you say, Hundy P. Hundy P, buddy. Yeah, solid, uh, solid letter, Kenny. Dig there. You like that? Yeah, you like that? Guys, I was, I picked up on that. Nice work. <laughs> they don't even have chips. all trust chips in that shithole. <laughs> anyway, are, that's it for me, guys. Uh, big day, big draft day tomorrow. Big day for school. So, hey. also, I got job, uh, ten hours of trial for NHL 21 to play. So, I'll oh, is that what the code was for? I, what do you mean? It, was that the code or you just downloaded that? Some guy was giving away codes. Well, today. I, I pay for EA access. And when you have EA access, mm. um, which gives out. you access to all the EA games from the previous year, then you get uh, a 10 hour trial on all the new ones. Are you guys, uh, are you guys Xbox or PlayStation case? Bro, PS4 right up there. Bro, okay, yeah. I'm getting Brady, in late. Brady, what about you? I'm Play- getting in late. PlayStation. Maybe PlayStation. I'll have to buy a PlayStation yes. this year so that I can just put you guys to shame. Dude, we get Tony Hawk right now. That's sweet. PD's like right on the cover when you open up to to play now. It, it looks good. It's I, it's pretty much the same game, but it's it's always fun. I'm in. Okay. Thanks, boys. Have a good night, boys. Thanks. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. Bye. Hey, it's Joel Williamson, host of that Nerd Dad podcast. Look, finding time for yourself is an important part of parenting. It allows us to be the best version of ourselves for our kids. So tune in every week to talk about parenting, pop culture, and politics. Whether you're an exhausted parent looking for a laugh or a stone teenager who clicked on this by mistake, this is the podcast for you. You can find me on Spotify, Apple, Google, the Dean Blundell Network, or at thatnerddad.ca. Don't skip this ad. I saw your finger. You were trying to skip the ad. I didn't want to do this, and now we're stuck in it together. I'm Ryan. I'm the host of The Lens Report. The Lens Report is a snarky, humorous, yet balanced look at the headlines that fill your timeline every day. 
We're going to get straight to the point without muddying any of the waters. And remember, the Lynn's Report is not your parents' news commentary. We swear a lot here. Like a whole lot. So tune in and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, and find us at criermedia.co or wherever you get your fine podcasts, like they say at the end of all of these ads. It's podcasting. Why are we doing ads? Yeah,